Life Source Church, welcome. Um, it's good to be here with you, and it, it's seriously my privilege to uh, get to share with you what I, I feel is a word of encouragement for me and for all of us today. Um, I've entitled it, The Local Church is the Hope of the World. Now, um, some of you might might remember that I did get to share on this same topic a, a while ago, but um, things have changed. I feel like it is a good time to revisit this topic and the reasons why, and I'm also sharing it differently, obviously, around why I genuinely believe that the local church is the hope of the world. Now, you and I know that hope is necessary for it us today. There are schools, there are families, there are communities and nations that are genuinely looking for a real hope. And I don't want to simply bring or encourage you with cliches, no tokens of affection or affinity. What we need is a genuine motivating hope. And so it's a hope in Christ. Is it hope in Christ a feeling or a value? is my question for us to consider. I'm not here today so that you can merely feel hope. Um, hope has to become a value of ours that motivates us to action. When Sophie is crying at 2 a.m., do I get out of bed because of my feelings or of my, because of my values? Um, I'll tell you now that her bedroom's down the other end of the house. And so if I follow my feelings, I'm going to mute them mute the baby monitor, roll over and go straight back to sleep because it's 2am. Who wants to do anything at 2am? But because of my values, that they sort of tell me that a 22-month-old sometimes needs love and support. She needs her parents to check about whether her physical needs uh, are being met at the time. So I act based on my values and go up, go out to her. As a new firefighter, I can feel excited when the pager goes off at 4 a.m. The adrenaline hits my body. But as one who's been doing the job for 12 years and knowing that the high chance that this pager is going off for a solo bin or for a false alarm, it means I feel like rolling back over and going to sleep. But my values tell me that I need to get out of bed join my teammates, and go and help protect the community, whatever the type of call, incident call is. And so you and I know that we act on our values, not just our feelings. So are our reasons for being for a committed involvement in the local church because of our feelings or our values? If it's merely that we like Pastor Steve, you know, the colour of the wall paint at church, or the quality of the music, then... At a time like this, when, because of COVID, we're not able to meet at church, we're going to be really shaken. There's nothing wrong with enjoying all of these things, but they are temporal things. A strong view of our unchanging God is the motivation, is the motivating value that drives us on, so that we can be involved when things at home are hard for us. When Pastor Steve hasn't had a coffee with us recently, or someone shared a sermon that was a, we felt as a rebuke or a challenge, or when the ushers aren't there to give us a nice warm hug when we get there to church on Sunday. Do I actually consider 
that the local church is the hope of the world. That's not to say that being honest with God and his people about our feelings isn't important. Think of the Old Testament Jews held in captivity. The frequent feasts served throughout the year as reminders of God's work in their past history. The twelve stones were set up as a monument and a consistent reminder of God's saving hand as they crossed the Red Sea. The New Testament disciples were given communion to be a constant reminder of Jesus' accomplishment at the cross. Even though many had met the God-man himself. They, they, why would they need a reminder? And yet we as fickle humans do. For me to say that the local church is the hope of the world, even in this socially distanced environment, makes no sense if we don't genuinely understand what the church is. Now we're going to watch a, a short video that um, really encourages me. Lately, it seems that we're getting more and more confused about what a church actually is. So let's take some time to set the record straight. Church is not a building, though a building can be used by a church. Church is not a denomination, though a set of beliefs should be important to a church. Church is not about Sunday, though a church should not forsake meeting together. Church is not about one person or personality, though every church should be pastored. And church is not about size or growth, though every church is called to make disciples. So don't think of church as an address or a location, but rather think of church as mobile and on the move. Don't think of church as something built or planted, but rather think of church as something deployed. Don't think of church as where you are for an hour each week, but rather what you are every day of the week, because the church is the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Feet shouldn't sit still. Hands shouldn't be idle. Feet go. Hands do. This is the church. Church isn't what you're sitting through right now, because you are the church. Now go and be the church. So, who is the church? Why does church, why does life source need you? You are the church. You are life source. And, uh, hey, it's awesome knowing you. It's awesome getting to walk the journey with you um, as brothers and sisters in Christ. But as the video said, let's go out into the world and, and be the church. But not quite yet. Let's, um, first of all, I want us to consider this question of really why, think of some reasons why the local church is the hope of the world. Well, firstly, you and I, as the local church, carry the truth. In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so, he is the truth. You and I, here in this community, in the, everywhere we live, in the, within our family networks, within our work networks, we are the truth. And the, the, the avenue, we are the handle on people understanding Jesus, who is the truth. And that's a far greater and far more important than any degree or qualification that you might have paid tens of thousands of dollars and years of work to achieve. 
being able to know Jesus through you, that is, wow, that is big. It's more important than any title or position that you might aim to get climb up to one day. And secondly, we are called to be extensions of God's love. As the local church, we are the hands and the feet of Jesus. To those who don't know him, to those who don't believe he exists, to those who don't even know that they need him. Yeah. We can be a practical help. We can love. We can share his nature and character with people in a really wonderful and important way. Thirdly, you and I, as the local church, stand in the breach, in intercession for those in our families, our neighbourhoods and our nations that don't know him. You and I are called to be interceders that God would work in other people's lives. And hey, that's a privilege. It's a challenge that we get to ask and, and implore God to do what he wants to do, what he's already done for us, to other people as well. Fourthly, Jesus is building the church. In Matthew 16, Verse 18, he said, And I tell you that, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Why is the local church the hope of the world? Because Jesus is building it. What's more, that's just something I've did. It's actually the only thing Jesus is doing at the moment. Let that one roll around in our heads for a while. Think of all the different things and character qualities that we know of Jesus and what he's doing now, they are all individually, they're all tied into him building his church today. Um, fifthly, the gates of hell will not prevail against his church, as we just read in that same verse. So hey, surely, because we know that he's the most impenetrable, the, the most outlasting institution it's stronger than any building of brick or mortar. It's the, the most secure plan. Um, you know, we, we in a irrigating community see the importance of the plan around the irrigation and getting it right. Well, Jesus said that, hey, local churches all over the world, they're my plan to reach one and all for, for the kingdom. You know, we as the local church will actually outlast the government. And I don't just mean which prime minister's our leader at the time, but as local, the local church will outlast even the nation of Australia. Why? Because it's all about Jesus. And Jesus is supreme. He is the hope of the world, and the local church is his body. So... The local church is the hope of the world because Jesus is supreme. Um, I've got a quote that I, I'll read out to us and I will interrupt it a little bit because there's some passages it refers to that just have such richness and, and wonderful truth in them that I want to really highlight for us. But here's a spoiler alert. This, this quote about the church is all about Jesus' supremacy. It's all about him. 
If it weren't for him and who he is, the local church would simply be an affinity club, something conjured up by our own devices and sustained for our own false sense of hope. But Jesus is who he says he is. And he's behind this thing. Jesus is the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth. We read that in Matthew 28, verse 18. He is the one before whom every knee will bow. And that's, this is that interruption I mentioned. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2, if that's all right. Philippians 2 it's a wonderful reflection on, hey guys, we've got to see Jesus. Because as we see him, we can look to others as well. Verse 1. Therefore, if, any of you, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. It's a whole lot of unity Paul's talking about in that particular verse about the importance of us coming together. Verse 3. Do, not, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with another, one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By, by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself he, by being obedient to death, even death on a cross. And therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. At, that, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The local church is the hope of the world every knee one day will bow before our King and our Lord. Ooh, what a privilege. And I, I just want to, even while I'm there, let's go to another verse that takes us to that great glorious picture at the end of time as everyone and everything is focused in on worshipping the King of Kings. In Revelation chapter 5, uh, if you'd like to join me there or you can see it in the, in the tab on the right hand side of the screen there's a Bible section you can look it up as we read it you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased men for God you and I were bought by God persons from every tribe and language people and nation you have made them to be a kingdom and priests and to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Verse 11. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, 
and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, to be, be praise and honour, glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. That's worship for Jesus. That's worship for our King, our Lord. And that's how worthy he is. That all of heaven and all of earth should praise his glorious name. And that's why church, the local church, is so vital in the in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of stress, in the midst of family violence, in the midst of all the terrible things that our community is going through at times, the local church is the answer because Jesus is so worthy, because he is the way that has made a way. Um, and he is the one that every creature on heaven and earth shall praise. I'll continue now with our quote. Everything that is or could be for as long as it ever will be is entirely pointing to Jesus, the eternal Son of God, the radiance of God's glory, the exact imprint of God's nature, the second person of the Holy Trinity, through whom all things were made, the one who became God with us. God in human flesh, the God-man, the last Adam, the offspring of Abraham, the Lion of Judah, the prophet like Moses, the root of Jesse, and the, the descendant of David, the suffering servant, the hope of Israel, the saviour of the world. This, is Jesus and he is the great end he is the one we are meant to see to know and to treasure and church I believe that life source helps us know see and treasure Jesus and that's why it's so excited I'm so excited to be here and be with you in that through the tears through our tears and triumphs our pain and our pleasures our losses and loves, Jesus stands at the end of the road, offering himself to us, inviting us to behold his worth and cherish his sufficiency. And fact is, that is fact. Church, it's been a pleasure to have this time with you. I'd like to close in prayer because I really believe that... Um, God wants to say something to us about how important it is for us to be together through him and for him and so that we can bring hope to the people and the community around us. Lord God, 
we thank you that you are worthy of praise. You are worthy of all that we are. You are worthy of our love. Help us love you. When we don't feel hope, help us know hope in you. Help us to uh, trust you as you remain faithful, even when we are not faithful. Lord, through the midst of social isolation, through the midst of fears and the never-ending news cycle that seems to promote problems, pain and suffering, evil around the world, Lord, help us to see you, to see your light, to see your word going forth and achieving great things amongst your people. Help us have a view of the church that is your view of your beautiful bride. Lord, help us to see our place in it. To participate as your sons and daughters called into your family business, into your kingdom cause, into loving the hardest to love. Lord, I pray that you would help us to see you, to know you, to see how we can be the church in uncertain time. We thank you, Jesus. You are great. Church, after the live stream finishes, the, the chat section will remain open for some time. And I'd really love to encourage you to get in and, and just continue to encourage each other. Pray. Offer to pray for people. Uh, find other ways to communicate. Give someone a phone call. If you didn't see their name pop up in, in, the, in the feed. Um, but before we get to that, I would also love us to finish with this video that will um, just remind us the G, who our king is before we um, finish up with a song thanks to Micah and Reuben. Bless your church. You are God's people and it is a privilege to be a part of you. Amen. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him. My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides.
forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the weak. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light.
Sunday, church. We'll see you soon. Be blessed.